Can you, yes. Can you hear me? Are we living abundantly today? Yes. <laughs> Over where I normally do by the Walmart. And, and there was this white cat that had been gutted right there. It was just hit and all of its little intros were laying out right there as you go in the driveway. And I thought, well, oh, poor little kitty, because I've seen that cat out there in the field before. And this is... Uh, what are you eating? The Walmart parking lot is up against an open field. They're going to start putting houses up. But there's a Taco Bell on the corner, and it's got some low brush. That they keep it watered so the cats live underneath that. But they have to cross the street to get to the field and get the mice for breakfast. <clears throat> Saw a little bobcat out there today. But anyway, I stood there, and I finished doing some stuff on my phone. I was going to let the dog out. I noticed there was a cop in the Walmart parking lot right next door. I had just drove in the driveway and there's like three pretend starts of a road with a white sign that says road closed and it's got the orange and white stripes. So I pull into the first one. So I'm not really any place. I mean, I'm not parking or anything, but Papa's sitting there and he's looking at this car and it had been totally gutted, jacked up. They left the jack. They took the, broke the windows. They took the hubcaps off. They totally disassembled this car, but they did it yesterday morning. And I didn't see him do it because I didn't get there until 10, but I noticed the car. So this morning there's a cop there and I'm thinking, God, I can't believe it took a whole day for anybody to see that because the employees come and go, right? And there's only two entrances in that lot. You either come off the side street or you come off the highway. When did you so, see it was gutted? Yesterday. But oh. it wasn't as bad as it was today. Oh. But there's in the field, in the field at the very end of that road, closer to the building on the right-hand side, semis park. Well, regular cars started parking there and people sleeping in the car. Then they figured if they go into the field, there's a divot. <clears throat> and so they put their tents in the divot. So they're pretty much not visible to homeless people. And so I don't know who did it, but apparently someone took a shit on the top of the hood of the car today, this morning. And uh, so anyway, I'm sitting there, I was just, the cop leaves, and I thought, oh, I should have asked him to take that dead cat out of the road doesn't get squished again. I mean, literally, it's like somebody cut his stomach open and took all the entrails out and just laid him there. So, you know, they're, they're, they're bloody, right? And so, uh, you know, two cars went by me, and I looked at one of them, and they missed the cat. And then another big white truck came by with a camper on it, and it went really slow, and it's kind of looking at me. And I could tell it was looking at me because it's coming in slow. So I was looking at his tires to see, and I looked back at the cat thinking, oh, God, if that truck hit it, the thing's probably squished. So I looked back, and there's no cat. Look what the hell happened to the cat. So he goes in slow, and I thought, he couldn't possibly have picked it up, but there'd still be blood there. And I know for a fact I saw this white cat with its entrails laid out. And so he went, he parked or whatever. And I thought, well, I'm going to go see what happened. And I, and I see a bobcat out there, a small bobcat, but it wasn't on the street. It was on the field, and it was walking towards that direction. And, I mean, the cat was probably, probably like a teenage cat. It wasn't a big old 40-pounder or anything, and it wasn't a, you know, a three-ounce kitten either. And so I go back there, and I look, and there's no cat. And I look in the street where it was, and there's no blood. There's nothing. I'm thinking, I know. I saw that cat. I know I did. I was thinking, well, if a bird, there was a, there was a bird that flew over me. I didn't look at it, but I heard its wings wop, 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 wop. 
that are out there couldn't possibly have picked that cat up. No one of them could have picked it up. But this wop, wop, wop maybe could have. But you'd think there would have been deaths dropping. Or at least, you know, a lot of times when animals eat roadkill, they eat it there. They don't move it. Right. I mean, that's what vultures do. It sounds like it was being eaten by a vulture. So I'm thinking, what, they move it or they eat it there? They eat it right there. Yeah, but I was I was parked there for like ten minutes. So the so the bobcat picked it up and took it away. Well, that or it got up and walked away. But that was the weirdest thing because there was no trace of it whatsoever, not even a scrap, and not even a drop of fluid. The weirdest damn thing. Then I get here, and I'm thinking, God, you got to help me find my phone. I mean, maybe you just got a sense of humor or something, but I. This one that I've got now is going to run out, and the other one's running out. They both run out at the same time. So I'm moving around. I'm doing things, and I put the I park in front of the storage locker, and then I roll the windows half down on the passenger side, and I put these window shades up, and I pull up the window shade, and the freaking fountain fell out of it. It has fallen in the crease of the auxiliary window shades. I started laughing. Hold on. So, how in what is an auxiliary window shade? Anything that doesn't go in the front window. It's the other ones. That's what I'm calling it. I'm just calling it that because it's not the main one that goes in the front window. So you found one of your phones. Yeah, I found the black one that was missing, the one the bad phone. So. Huh. That's so weird. You got weird shit going on today. And when I left the house, like last night I came in and I took the stuff out because I didn't have, I I got home late. I didn't have time to take this stuff out. If I get back, or if I come in really early and I get back in time, I drop off the stuff in either of the other two storages, the Fremont or Santa Clara. So my car is empty because I don't want to bring that stuff back over here. So I didn't get back in time. So I left the dog in the car. I was taking my stuff out. I put it all in the house. And I grabbed the dog, and she really had to go to the bathroom, so I had locked the front door, I had the car key, and I had the house key. And I let her go pee where she normally pees. And I thought, well, if she pulls me inside, we'll go inside. If she pulls me the other direction, we'll go out because she has to poop. So she pulled me the other direction. So I went out to the street where she normally pees and poops, and all she did was pee. Now, I remember I had the phone. I remember I had the, uh, the key with the long orange fob on it in my hand. And I put it in my pocket. And when I get in the apartment, I empty my pockets on that list, little board that's by the front door. I put my keys there and, I, and my phone and stuff and I look at it and make sure I see what I left there. So I have a visual of it. I went about and I was doing some stuff and then I got on the computer and I was fussing around with a stupid ad. And for next thing I know, it's one o'clock, and I thought, God, if I get up at three, there's no way in hell I'll be able to function over there. So, uh, she just came over and she's just staring at me, staring at me, staring. And she does this just to the bathroom. I'm like, God, she already went. I'm going to have to go out again. So, we went out, and I remember when I had brought the, the stuff in the house, I left the key there. Well, this morning I couldn't find the damn orange fob key. Like, wait a minute, don't panic. Normally I would panic. Don't panic. You had it. It's still dark out. Walk around and see if 
if it's where you left it, where you walked last night, didn't find it. Sometimes I'd even check in the door. And I was like, well, it's still pretty early. Probably only either the trolls at night or one or two people during the day might have seen it. But it was still dark this morning. And I look around the car and it's nothing. So I open the hood. I got my other key. Open the hood. I looked under the hood because I, I was low on my car's burning oil. So I added some oil and <clears throat> then checked the water and stuff for the trip today. I thought, well, maybe I had it in my hand. I set it inside the car. But that's why I have the orange fob so it shows up. Didn't see it. I'm like... Oh shit, I got my other one. But then in the back of my head would be, did somebody pick up my key? You know, where the hell is my key? And okay, don't, don't panic. Glad you know where my key is. It's really nice to have it today. So I go to the jacket I had on, but I put it in a washer that time. So it wasn't in there. Got a little flashlight and I looked along the side of all the stack, tax boxes that this plate is on top of so that I can put my stuff on the top. Maybe it fell down. Check my shoes. Nothing. Check my clothes. Uh, that's the weirdest thing because I know I am just sure. Well, I'm positive, but I'm just sure it should be in the house. So I walked out again. I looked around the bushes because sometimes I cut through the bushes and I've had a key fall out there a couple times. Nothing. Okay, screw it. <clears throat> I'm just going to take the blue fob. My back up. I have like six keys now. One of them is in my trunk. So just before I walked out, um, oh, I, I forgot something. I wanted to check the chapstick or something that was by the bed. And I walk in, and right at the end of the bed, on a stack of clothes, by the other pants that I had put on to wear at night, because I'd showered and put on long pants, there's the key. It's sitting on top of a pink shirt. It's an orange lanyard on top of the pink shirt, and that's what started this morning. So you're getting was, two two things returned to you. These things right. happen in threes. And then the cat disappeared. Yeah, but the cat wasn't returned to you. We're, we're looking for a third thing to return to you. Oh, oh. And then... <clears throat> And then I got a message at 7.17 when I'm driving over. I stopped to get gas. Normally, I wanted to leave at 4. I thought, well, if I get gas, if I just drive with what I have, I'd have to buy gas over here. It's like 60 cents more a gallon. Maybe I could put in two gallons of shell on the card, that the, the gas card the church gives me, and make it over to Costco and Gilroy. But that's still 40 cents more than it is in Sunnyvale. So it ends up, the dog was bugging the hell out of me. She wanted to go chase the ball. I thought, well, what's another 10 minutes? So I went over and threw the ball for her. Much times get her kind of tired. And the next thing you know, I look at the clock, and it's seven minutes after seven. I don't know what time they open, because it's a Sunday, right? Sunday, it opens, doesn't open as early. <clears throat> and they open up at seven. Gas price is the same in Sunnyvale as it is in Santa Clara. So I grabbed it. So now I'm on the road, and I'm already at... I'm at Gilroy. I just passed Gilroy, and I was on my way the 13 miles on my way to Costa de Cuisa. And I didn't look on my phone to look for it, but I was I was flipping through my phone to update the messages, and all of a sudden the message that was opened up was from Mason Moe about the Graco baby playpen for 45 bucks. Like, well, I didn't open that. How did I open? I really didn't. Okay, so I was driving, but I really didn't open that. 
And I look at it and I go, oh my God, he wants to buy it. The room I still put three letters through uh, lines. He said, you know, I'm really interested in your Graco playpen bed for the baby. Uh, would you accept $35? And that's better than 20 right? But I'd seen in the store the other day that they're selling for 84 brand new. So I put it for 45 thinking if I got 30 it'd be great. They offered me 35 He said, I can come pick it up today. Well, I was already an hour out. And I was like, shit. I'm three hours late for my 6 o'clock start. I tend to not be as useful later in the day. So even though I can stay till 10, I don't. I stayed till 7.15 last night and got out of Dodge. So I thought I could drive back for the hour, meet him there, get the 35 bucks, drive that hour again. Instead of being three hours late, I'd be five hours late. And I would have wasted the gas for two hours of driving for 35 bucks. So I texted him and I said, I said, um, sure, we'll take 35 for it. Uh, is it possible you can pick it up tomorrow morning? We left really early and we're already in the Central Valley and I don't think we'll make it back in time. Sundays they close early. They, if you're not there by 5.30, they won't let you in. They close at 6 instead of 7 on the weekends. And so he says, yeah, 8 o'clock, that'd be great. I'm like, cool, there's 35 bucks waiting for me when I get there. I said, I'll pull the app. Then I went on a computer. I went on, I'm using my phone. I went on my phone and I searched some of the stuff I had for sale. And you know, the red purse came up twice in a row, or three times in a row. Like, holy shit, that's probably why they're doing that. He shut me out. But he shut me out on the jacket and the washing machine, and it isn't even posted. So I went through, I, I was thinking the items that I was shut out of. And I Googled them, and I took off the lower ones but left the top one. And I just went into my, I went into my account and shook hand them because I didn't have a lot of them in there. But my washing machine's not in there. So you think? Do you think that I you're being cut out because you have multiple uh, ads, or was it that person? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think so. But you know, so then I started looking because I don't look. I just say, okay, I'm gonna sell it. Post it. I'm going to sell it, post it. I don't sit around. I don't have time to, oh, well, let's see how everybody else is selling and how they're making their ad and, you know, how can I make mine better so everybody sees it. I don't do that shit. I mean, I did this morning when I got here and it kind of woke me up a little bit because I was pretty sleepy. And so I had, so my, the caps, the center caps for my Lexus rims are still in there, although one of them had been cut out. And what happens is they stack them. So if you're in Santa, if you post one in Santa Clara, one in Oakland, and one in Monterey, there's just three somewhere. But if you post and then repost and renew when they say you can renew and nobody else posts, then yours are all stacked together. I think that's part of what's happening. So I went to the toaster oven and I thought, damn, you know, because all the ads I posted yesterday were shit canned. And the two I posted this morning Shit That's what I was doing when the cop was looking at that script car in the parking lot at Kmart or Walmart. And so I went into toaster ovens. And I thought, well, maybe I have a toaster oven ad that's still there. There was nothing. There was a whole bunch of them, too. And so I noticed that there was people, one person, like every three different toaster ovens, there was three of that same 
picture and that same ad for that same person. And what they did was they, one of them took a picture of the box, and then they also put the ad with it out of the box, with it, so you just see an it, and then another one was they took the item out of the box and put it on top of the box and took a picture like that. They were all the same person, posting three different ads, and they were backed up three and three and four at a time. So I went to and I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to start deleting these. So I started deleting the doubles and triples and quadruples. And I thought, well, you know what, mine hasn't posted yet. Let's get rid of everything that's under $45. I mean, these were just pieces of crap. They looked like they'd been, never been cleaned. They'd been there for ages, at five, 10, 20 bucks, just nasty looking things that you wouldn't even want to bring into your house if it has roaches in it. And so, anyway, I think that's part of what was happening. Uh, I would just really like to, I found a coat here, a real nice leather coat with designer stuff and everything on it. I'm sure my sister paid a fortune for it, but, you know, I'm, even if I shrink 40 pounds, I don't think the width across my shoulders is going to shrink anymore. Okay, so I don't think it does. I think once it gets that way, it just stays that way. So I got linebacker shoulders. And I don't fit in the, the coat, and I thought it was fake, but it's not. It's leather. It's not. It's long leather, and it's, you know, design stuff and all kinds of things. So I didn't get to post that. But I did see my red purse there three times back, back, back. Okay. As I did see somebody else's microwave back, 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 and how clever to take it out of the box. You know, they shoot the same angle. And from a photographer's point of view, it's like, you got to change the angle and shake it up a little bit. You can point down on one, point straight out at one, the side on the other. You could take them all the exact same, and you'd be using the same counter and the same skits and the same background. It's obvious, same poster of it. So how come I didn't see the purse when I was looking for it? I don't know. I just went into Craigslist, and where it has a search bar, you can, it has a button where you can post or, or or review. And so I just hit the typed it, typed it in the open line there for searching. All right, but it was up there three times. So instead of flagging myself, I went in to my green lined part of the account because pink is means you've been you can you've been removed. And uh, gray means you can repost, and blue means you deleted it yourself. And green is good. So I went through three pages, and I found that I had that purse posted for 50, 90, 95, and 45. So I shook them all except the 95. And that just happened to be the one that was on the top, so it's the most recent. And it gets right. confusing. And at, at one point, you just go through and you go, renew, 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 and you don't read them. Renew. Well, it's kind of a mystery that it wouldn't pop up for me. Say again? It's kind of a mystery that I that I didn't see it when I was looking for it. Oh, you know what I typed in? What? I just typed in I just typed in handbag to work. That was the one we were looking for Neiman Marcus or something like that? Yeah, you put Neiman Marcus. I just put handbag to work. They all came up. So maybe and then when I typed in, I typed in 1990 Lexus parts. Yeah. I didn't put the LS 400. I didn't put nothing else. I didn't put the city or nothing. And my little center cap showed up. It's a beautiful picture, by the way, if I do say so myself. 
So All it's right. been kind of a weird, weird morning. Well, you're having stuff returned to you, so that's like the fourth thing returned to you. Well, what was really cool is when I got in here, I had picked up, I picked up, like these shelves have three panels to them, three vertical panels, and I mean three shelves, and then there's two vertical bars, and so I figured I'd take one of the, you know, top, medium, and bottom, and I was looking at these boxes, and it's kind of dark. So then everybody get my camera back, my, my flashlight back. I think it's underneath Donnie's back seat, back seat, back of the front seat. Anyway, and it said, living in abundance. And I'm thinking, what seminar was that? And I looked at it, I pulled it out, and the box had been open. And, and I pulled another box out, and it's about the same size. It's living in abundance. I said, then I must have bought a bunch of books or something and then it hit me when I co-authored a book with Ryan Tracy um, Tony Robbins and Dr. Wayne Dyer you had to pay to get some, some, some of it published right I was a co-author worldwide and it was you know an aha moment living in abundance and, and so I think I paid, I think I paid a thousand dollars or something instead of five. You're supposed to get, I don't know if you get 500 books or you get a thousand books, but what you're supposed to do with them is you're supposed to take them and pass them out and use them, um, to get speaking engagements and to edify yourself because it became a number one bestseller. You co-authored a book with these guys? Yeah, and there's probably like 20 other people. But my name's on the front cover. And I was thinking, what, what the hell happened to all my books? Now, they only ship you, I, I think there's 100 books here. I think I gave out a couple. I got two boxes. I know I didn't get the whole thing because I didn't finish paying for it. I didn't finish paying for the, the, that quantity of publication. But they did give me 50 to 100. There's got to be 100 here. There's two boxes. Like they're almost uh, bank-sized boxes. So anyway, so I got those. And I ran out of money, and I was losing the house, and I couldn't do anything. And I called them up, and they said, don't worry about it. Just keep what you got. And so you're supposed to edify yourself as a number one best-selling published author. And so I never did. But I found the books, because I always wondered, what the hell ever happened to those books? So apparently, these were put on the shelf. Right after that happened, back in 2010. <clears throat> so I got all these cool books. I mean, my thing was only a page and a half, two pages. wasn't a big deal, but but the point is, is now you're a published author. And when I sent it in, they only changed, because they had to, I said something about red fireball eggs for fishing. And they had to check with their attorneys to see if I could use the word fireball, because that was a brand. And there's rules about that and they said because it had been so long it had been so many years you know since that was I mean that was back when I was eight that I could use it and the only so they left that alone and then the other thing they were going to change was I made it I made a statement I was really pissed at my mom at the time so I excluded her from it I said something to the effect of the woman my dad married and so they changed that to my mom 
intentionally did not put the word mom or mother in there. Like, okay. So my piece is actually wasn't edited. It went in right as it was. Which I was kind of proud of that. I know you don't read. I could give you a book. But if I give it to you, you're just going to throw it away. Because you don't read. So, but I could show it to you. You had a hundred at one time, or how many did you end up having? I think it was supposed to be like a really big quantity, like a thousand or something, or maybe even five thousand. And I got a hundred, but I didn't pay them very much. I just put it, and normally they only take full payment for the because they're actual books; they're not internet shit. And so I didn't have a lot of money, and I said, "Can I just pay five hundred dollars? I just pay five hundred or a thousand. I don't remember what I paid." I didn't pay very much. And uh, and they go, yeah, okay, we normally don't do this, but yeah, okay. And then I, you know, bailed on the rest of it because I, I didn't have it. So, yeah. And, you know, you can sell them. You can, like, get talking engagements and then sell them, sign them and sell them and shit, or just give them away and, you know, brag on yourself and shit. It's a really pretty cover. In fact, the cover looks like the picture was taken out in Gilroy, out in the off of 152, where they have this one field. And it looks just like this one field when it turns uh, pinkish in the spring. And there's the little rolling hills in the back. And then there's this, you know, there's some green, some oak trees on the hillside. And then there's this, you're like at the street looking back on this huge lot of all, all the flowers. So it's just pink. And it's called, um, the title of the book, Living in Abundance was the co-name of it. It's supposed to be inspirational, inspirational stories, aha moments, that kind of stuff. And, it's, there's, and they pick people from around the world to compile this book different than that book. So you were in it, or you were a, you were a co-author, I guess? Name's on the front page, on that cover. So when I do a uh, search on the internet. Yeah, let me get the title. Let me open the box and figure out what the title. I should know the title. I, I have a picture of it in, in my. Okay, it's called Wake Up, Dot, 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 Live the Life You Love, Living in Abundance. So that's the title? Again. Wake up, live the life you love. Wake up, live the life you love. And then the subtitle is Living in Abundance. It is beautiful. It wasn't, it wasn't here in Gilroy. It must have been in Holland somewhere. There's all these tulips. Pink tulips. Sky, trees, a little bit of yellow for the grasses, and then tulips. It says compiled by Stephen E. and Lee Beard. Dr. Wayne Dyer, Bill Harris, Gregory Scott Reed, Anthony Robbins, James Malmachuk, Michael Beckwith, Dr. Keith and Cindy Robinson, Michael B. Conlon, J.D. I guess that, that's Juris, Juris something, right? That's the attorney, the J.D.? Right. Is it? Yes. Okay, and then Barry Walter Boyd, James F. Kurt, Ben Sutter... Linda Hannon Young, Jerry Mode, Weston Headley, 
Daniel R. Davidson, Dr. John Gear, Florence Callen Collender, Ruth Cutler, Karen Ron Wilson, Dr. Marilyn Robertson, Gail A. Sinclair, Margaret L. Good, Rochelle R. Conover, Donald H. Wimmer, PhD, Bill Schaefer, Mary Gates. So you're looking for a picture with blue sky, lime green, and pink writing, living in abundance over blue sky and white clouds, and then the, the bottom, a little more than, a little less than a half is the pink tulip. Well, I found I found the uh, title and everything, Copy. you know, and it's copyright two thousand seven, number one bestseller. That's an interesting uh, thing. What? What? So, what? The basic. It was a number one bestseller. Yes, yeah, so it was on the number one bestseller list. And you you know, know that thing they have in New York? Was it New York or something? So you never did anything with that being part of that. Second edition is Inspirational How-To Stories in Beauty, Living in Purpose, Finding Your Life's Passion, Purpose, Passion, Abundance, Finding Personal Freedom, Seizing Your Success, Giving Gratitude on the Enlightened Path in Spirit, Finding Life's Passion, Stories of Transformation, A Search for Purpose, and this one is called Wake Up, uh, this one's called Living in Abundance. It's a series, I guess. Yeah. I... You can go to visit Wake Up live dot com. What page am I on? And then you have a little a little um, profile in the back. They send you this thing in the in the because uh, she, you know, you can uh, you can apply for a, a poetry contest and and every and then they you don't realize it but everybody wins. And they say you're right. one of the winners, and we'd like to publish your poet poem in the this book that's upcoming. And all you got to do is pay a hundred dollars and you're going to be in the, in the book or something like that. So she, yeah, that pays for the printing and then they, they steal your stuff. I got it. Well, it, it's a, it's a group effort sort of thing. Like everybody that sent something in is on the poetry, you know, and it, uh, there's a lot of shitty poetry in that, that one book. So, but she didn't know it was a scam. You know, it's a bit of a scam. And so, but you end up, as a you know, your your poem is published in their book, and you you know, so it, it's kind of a, I, it's a vanity project, I think, is what it you know, what it turns out to be, and I think that's what Tony Robbins has done with this uh, living abundantly thing. Pretty smart. Well, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was Lee Baird. So you did. A guy named Lee Baird. Did you know Lee or whatever his name is? Lee Lee Beard, huh? How'd you know him? Through Eric Lawholm, who was my mentor. Oh, okay. When I, was doing really, when I was doing really well, I was thinking about that. When you said, who's Lee, who's Eric Lawholm? And I was like, God, I was doing really well when he was my mentor. Oh, maybe you should get, look him up. <laughs> All right, you ready to read, oh, no, read this? What? Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Oh. You can, you don't have to. Thoughts are things. That's how did like you how did you end to... up with the title? Thoughts are things. I've just always thought that. Huh. 
And then it's kind of interesting that you would want me to be reading to you something you wrote. It would be like, okay, so who would own the copyright for that? If you, if you, uh, if I read to you something that you wrote, do, does the person who's reading it own the copyright, or does the person who who wrote it own the copyright? <laughs> no, the person who writes it. It's like those people. Like those people that sing, do they they own the song, don't they? Even though the the words are written by somebody else, like Sarman and Garfunkel originally, or something. Somebody else writes the words. If somebody else writes the words mm -hmm. for them, or, or just writes the words, they own the copyright. If they want somebody specific to sing, they have to give it up to that person. Apparently. So. I don't know. Anyways, nobody. Yeah, it's just no big deal. I just wonder, kind of wonder about such things sometimes. I'm gonna have, you to, don't read. have to read it. I'll have to read. Have to read it. I won't read it to you, but I will read it at some point because this is kind of fascinating that you wrote this. So uh, I read it. I read it to myself through half squished pages, and I thought, you know, that sounds really good. I did a good job on that. Oh wow! So it goes to page one twenty-two, and then so that you're, that's the last page of your your section. It says page one twenty-two is not part of this book preview. So, Everybody's got a few pages. Some people wrote more than others. There's a limit to how much you can write, so they can have say twenty authors instead of only ten. They want them to come. They want some kind of consistency. So however many authors they decided they needed dictates on the size of the book how many pages you can have. And if you don't use all those, then you don't use them. I used all of mine. And I'm right in the middle of the book, and I love that. I'm right in the middle of the page on the, on the table of contents, and I'm right exactly where you can see me on the front cover. What I'm getting at is when I looked up your title of your book, and it came up on it, on Google Books, your story is part of their preview. So that's why I was being able to read it on the internet. However, oh, so you can't read you can't read the whole book. No, it's only the the. Oh, okay. That's what I was getting that's at. Cool. And so, um, yeah, but your book, your your story, is highlighted yeah. in their. Uh, in this book on the internet when it pops up. Okay. Wow. The, so that's yeah, what. Did you type in my name? Did you, wait, wait, wait. Did you type in my name? Maybe that's why it came up. Uh, what I typed in was uh, Living in Abundance, Tony Robbins, and then you said, Wake up, live the life you love. That, and it comes right straight to this. But it's not, it's not the very first thing that comes up, but it is one of the previews. Okay, I just thought you would. Well, right? uh, well, I think they consider it significant if it's part of the preview, right? I guess I didn't know that. This is my first knowledge of it. Yeah, so I was—I thought I was reading the whole thing to you, but uh, there's only a part of it. That's fascinating. I find the whole thing kind of fascinating. How does it end? Again? I find the whole thing kind of fascinating. How much do you have? It goes. How many pages do you have? 
I think it's one page, two pages. So you did a, Three and a couple lines. You did firewalk after college. A firewalk with Tony Robbins gave me a much needed jolt. And then that's where it ends. No, let me see. Finally, ask, listen to the whisper, find a mentor, hold positive, and I'm going. Okay, what's next? <laughs> it's not. It's on page one twenty two, which is not on there. <laughs> oh shit! But no, what that does is, is if people are reading it and they're going to go, "Oh shit, how does this end?" Then they're going to buy the book because of you. <laughs> Oh, I guess that's a good question. Let's see. Um, so it only goes to page one twenty-one. It doesn't go to one twenty-two. Yeah, well, there's several different excerpts, and yours is one of them. Right. And so it does. It does like two pages of yours or three pages of it, and then it cuts it off. So, so a person will read your okay. story, and then they'll go, "Shit, how did it end? I gotta find out." And they're gonna buy the book because of you. <laughs> so it's so fifty, yeah, fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars at BarnesandNoble.com. Okay, because it's fourteen ninety five. But anyway, this is finally ask, listen to the whisper, find a mentor, hold positive, and here's what's on the next page. Hold positive thought, take massive action and give. Give, give, give. It completes the circle. It's joy to others and grace to you. Thoughts really are things. Live blessed and abundantly. Oh, it's only okay. one paragraph that's missing? It's the end of that sentence and two more sentences. Three more sentences. Honest. Well, that's kind of fascinating. Huh. Good to know. I'm supposed to be pointing people over there to show them what a cool person I am. Well, I think it's kind of cool, actually. I do too, because I would never have known that. And then, and then, um, and so, so here I was thinking, trying to push you into becoming an author. You're already an author. I think I told you that, but you weren't listening. Oh, shut up! Just saying. Just saying. Hey, you shut up, you. That sucks. That's what all that's about. So you practiced massage therapy? Well, I'm looking at the, what you wrote. In the back? The little section on the back? I don't know. It's just This is what you wrote. What's it say? Um, there's a paragraph that says... Oh, no, that's not you. Sorry. It's someone else. 
funny because the other day Kevin says he, he, I'm talking to his friend about the music thing, right? Yeah. And uh, he's he's listening to a phone call and he's working on a bike and he and he looked up at me and he said, "I bet you give really good back massage." And I thought he was talking to the lady on the phone, and he said it again. And I looked over and he goes, "Yeah, I'm talking to you." <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. Used to. Anyway. He's kind of hitting on you. That must be yeah, nice. But, no, he... What's that? That must be nice. You're still attractive enough that people hit on you. Yeah, I know. It's a shock. You know, this lady, I, I think I might have told you about Rosemary. She's a legend in her own mind. And she will find people and step all over them as best she can. And browbeat them in front of others. And it makes her look good. She just doesn't. Anyway, this gal I know named Victoria is a friend of hers. They've known each other for a long time. I've known Victoria since, I think, 2003 when she was answered an ad to buy my Camaro. She had a blue and white Camaro, a 76 piece of shit falling apart. It was bad. And I had a 77 that was silver, black interior, it was perfect condition, except for the motor that was leaking oil. And can you hear me? Yeah. Something happened there. Oh, I thought, I thought it was your computer. I thought there was your phone going out. It was plane going over. That was weird. I can hear your anyway, phone going out. No, my phone's not going out. It's, my phone's fine. It's fully charged, and there's five bars. I just heard you know, it. Five do, bars. I heard it do that weird distortion thing. Well, I've got five bars, so I don't know what the deal is. It's fully charged. It's got five bars. One, two, three, four, six. Because track phone gives you six, so it's got six bars. Anyway, Victoria wanted to buy my Camaro so that her Camaro would have company. Okay. She never ended up buying. She she drove it. She didn't buy it. And then we just kind of stayed friends, and then she dissed me over something with my sister not too long ago, and she pulled a stunt a few years back, and I didn't talk to her for two years. And she's always poking around trying to reconnect, right? So we're just briefly engaged on the computer every once in a while. And so she's telling me about Rosemary and how she went to Nashville to become a singer. She got this big schnoz, bigger than, than um, who's a Jewish blonde lady? Uh, Streisand, Barbara Streisand. Her nose is bigger than that. And she just she wears skinny little dresses, and she's always showing her pictures of people, you know, pictures to people, and she always bends over, straight legs, ass up, underwear showing, knees locked, and I was like, you can't do that when you're out on stage. I mean, that's just so tacky. But anyway, she goes to Nashville, and I guess she met somebody who is supposedly a friend of sorts with Michael Bolton, and I'm thinking, big damn deal. So she constantly touts herself well i'm an international i'm a i'm an i'm a national singer she's not an international she's just nationwide i'm a nationwide singer she's saying in danville and in nashville and this guy made her a video and i showed it to donnie and he goes oh my god how much she pays for that i don't know 15 20 000. he goes oh damn she could have gone to Las Vegas and had it done for 1500 It would have been as nice, if not nicer. And so... <laughs> He's harsh. Oh, I mean, I, 
I'll send you the link and you can watch it yourself. I mean, she's in a bar and she's talking to a crowd. There's three people in the back corner, the bartender and two or three people playing cards with their back to her. And she's talking like the room has got, you know, like she's on stage in America's Got Talent. And uh, anyway, so she made this comment and Rosemary and Victoria said, if you get a chance, go to her Facebook page and you can see it. She said, I personally think her dog singing is the best part of it. It's got to be pretty funny. I said, I don't do Facebook, so I don't know how to see it. But her name is Rosemary, and she's in Danville, and I'm sure it'll come up if you Google it. But anyway, so it's like, are we supposed to be impressed? So I'm just off the top of my head, started listing things that have happened in my life, the people that I've met, places I've gone, and, and whatnot. And then I... I said, so yikes, Rosemary, everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. That does not make you special. But I said that to Victoria to give her a laugh. And then I sent her some pictures, and I'm thinking, I've actually done a lot of things. I've modeled at the top of Half Dome in Mono Lake. And I have been asked out three times for beer with Clint Eastwood. I've sat on Jerry, Jerry Rice's lap. I've been to Clark's by the Bay for the 49er New Year's party. I've got a picture with Jim Bird, who is number 64. Um, I've I've got a picture of me petting a moray eel. I have. Yeah, but is that moray eel famous? Its name is Psycho. <laughs> Must be famous then. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, I've I've got a picture of me holding. I just to be. Facetious. I, I put some things up. I said, I said, I've got a picture of me on. Was it Peter or Henry Fonda in the movie Easy Rider? Was it Peter Fonda, the son? Uh, I think it was the son. Yeah. I said, I got a picture of me. I said, I sat on Peter Fonda's infamous motorcycle from Easy Rider while Elvis was giving me a kiss. I've got a picture of me at the altar with Elvis marrying him. Of course, it's a. You know, a picture with Willie Nelson. It did look like Willie Nelson, but it was an impersonator. She won't know the difference. I, I said, um, I said I, I spent part of an evening with Charlie Sheen at a sleazy motel in Mojave, only because he came to my room. Someone pointed him out, pointed my room out to him, and he sat there next to me, and he asked me if I would drive his black Carrera back down to L.A. because he was too fucked up and he wanted to stay there at his hotel room. Um, I said, I said, I've had lunch with Ben Halperin and Martin and Michael she, um, Douglas. I said, I was asked to photo, I was asked to model at Garabata Creek, Garabata Creek with Cole Weston. And then the teacher looked at me and he goes, you better find out the details, he says, because Garapata Creek is full of poison oak and the only photographs do. I said, oh, okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, Cole Weston, Brett Weston, Weston's famous photographer is up right up there with Ansel Adams. Um, you know, I, I said, uh, I said, I dated the, the number two in command of the U.S. Navy during the Gulf War. I said, and there's pictures of me and him there, and I said, I've dated the number one guy to the Saudi government. Um, 
you know, Kenneth Crash Lakeen, and he works for Southwest now, and, and, and you know, and I just show her pictures and shit, and I thought, God, that's a lot of stuff. You know, so there I was, Marie, but I forgot to put in that I wrote a book. I even told her, I said, I even photographed a lesbian couple, a couple lesbian chiropractors kissing in my chiropractor's office. Oh, and look, there's my chiropractor, and there's the four of us. And I took a picture of a, of a, a, a big, fluffy, super hairy, Samoyed type of dog getting a haircut. And it had all this hair on the floor next to this dog that was combed out. It wasn't getting a haircut. It was just being combed. And I just put shit in there just like, it's like a big deal. Michael Bolton. He's not your friend. Just because you talk to somebody that knows him and that opens for him doesn't mean that you're anybody. You just, you know, I mean, I have pictures with Elvis Presley's bodyguard. We heard all kinds of stories about that that guy before he died. And he signed the book, and there it is. I'm holding the book, and he's shaking my hand. And, I mean, who gives a shit? This stuff. Well, but she gives a shit. people doing... Right? What's that? She apparently gives Again? a shit. She gives a shit. She does, only if it has to do with her. Right. But the video, if you can Google, if you can find her Facebook page, it's hilarious. He did a, a thing down in Nashville, and then I guess that big tornado came through and devastated everything three blocks from where she lived. So she's one of those people that takes herself really seriously, and, and it's so, she takes herself so seriously that it's hilarious. It's funny. She's funny without oh, realizing it. Yeah. And when her mother was dying of kidney failure and dementia, yeah, she just let her die. She just said, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, Victoria. She says, oh, my God, you can go to take her to a nephrologist and have her kidneys checked out. But you don't just have to let her die. Because, well, she's going to die anyway. She's a small woman. And I thought, oh, my God. I said, you better tell her that the dementia her mother has that she so despises. 50% of her mother's blood is running through her veins. And she is likely to get the same damn thing. She might already have it. <laughs> I, she's already got something. Yeah. She sounds really you know, ultra selfish sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, just all kinds of stuff. But, you know, she's yeah, Michael Bolton's like friend, so, you know, she's a somebody. They're all mine, and she'll use people. She'll oh, here's something that's funny. We all went out. I went, she was, you know, she's got a nice voice, but she cannot dance. So the pretty little sparkly dress for someone 40 years younger than you is, is cute, but like kind of inappropriate. And she's got bangs, she's got curled bangs, and straight hair. And she and she wears horrible boxes of makeup like women did back in the sixties. Now you and said a dress for you said a dress for someone who's forty years younger. She's older than I am. Holy by shit! Five years. Oh my god! And she's wearing sequins dresses, but she can't wear heels because she wears socks with them and it looks stupid as hell. And she'll put out her pictures of her standing. Got a picture of her standing in front of some red car. And the only gig she could get would be like the, um, you know what, what Hot August Nights is? No. You ever heard of Hot August Nights? No. 
it's a rally for cars, and everybody's got a hot car, you know, street rod or or muscle car. They come out and they flood the flood the highways. They cruise up and down El Camino, and now they do it up in in uh, Tahoe in uh, North Shore. And so, so she's got a picture in front of a red car, a fancy red car. And she's standing with her legs crossed like she has to go pee before that was a style, like 30 years before that was a style in, in magazines. And she's holding her hands in front of her crotch. She's holding a dick. And I'm like, that doesn't look sexy. I don't know who her photographer is, but they're not helping her any. So she'll put those out on easel. She gets, she gets George, this guy who's probably in his late 80s now. And, and he, he, he has money, and so she likes him. And, uh, and she'll tease him and stuff and, and give him nothing. And then he just, he buys her Alexis and everybody's happy. And so he'll set those things out on easels, pictures of her. It's not like a promotional piece or a bed card or a, a headshot or buy my CD. It's look how beautiful I am. I am so pretty. Aren't I pretty? Tell me I'm pretty. Say it, say it. You know, it's like that. And, and, uh. So she does these car shows. At any rate, we went out for, there was a new pizza place opening up in Danville. Are you familiar with the money in Danville? With what? The money? Are you familiar with Danville? Are you familiar with Danville that it's a place with a lot of money? No, not really. Okay, so her husband and George got a house there. It was kind of like a ranch house. (coughs) And so she hung out there. So we all went for pizza. And she's got this guy named Rick that follows her around like a puppy. He's been in love with her for 40 years. He'll do anything for her. And she teases him and lets him stay overnight. And she'll walk around naked or with a teddy on or something. He's like, ah, 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 slobbering. But supposedly doesn't, they don't do anything. I told, I told Victoria, I said, give me a break. I said, she's doing them every once in a while just to keep him hanging. But he's stupid enough to do it. And then she demeans him and says, well, you're just a short man that's balding. So how is it that you're attractive? I mean, you really should listen to me. And if I tell you, just pay for it and stay away from me so people don't think I'm with you. Then pay for it and stay away from me so people don't think I'm with you. Otherwise, I can't be your friend. Because I need to be, I need, I can't, you're changing my image. And I can't have that. So she's of that nature. So Victoria and I went. And her and Rick went, and you know he's going to pay. And then this other gal who's very homely, and she's got a skin condition, and she always wears a big, floppy fisherman's hat and, and baggy, drapey clothes. She's a very, very sweet lady, but she's very homely. And and that's good for that's good for Rosemarie, because it makes Rosemarie feel a lot better than her. So we're all eating pizza at this new place, and we went there when it was daylight. Well, it's starting to get dark. And the pizza hasn't come. And I asked Victoria, I said, man, do you just want to split a pizza because it's kind of spicy? And we whispered to each other. And she goes, yeah, that'd be good. So pretty soon, the other gal gets her food. And then the two of them get their food. And they're eating. And our pizza's not there yet. So I wave over Garcon. And I said, Garcon, hey, you know, what happened to our pizza? He says, well, you know, it's our first night open. We're really busy. I said, I understand that. I said, should it be taking an hour and a half? I kind of like to eat before it gets dark. He goes, well, well, we'll look into it. So the other ones are halfway done with their food, and I and Victoria calls them over. Now, Rosemarie's listening. Nobody else could hear us. Nobody else cared. It was just our table. And we're outside the patio. So she calls them over. She says, you know, I'm wondering if, we, if you're having a problem with the pizza, maybe we should just skip it. 
And the guy says, oh, no, no, I'll get you pizza. And I said, is there any way we can get some kind of discount for this? I mean, we came to eat together, and they're already done. And so he gave us the pizza free, Victoria and I. And Rosemarie blew a flipping gasket. As soon as he walked away, she turned into the ugly witch, and she says, well, I don't remember all that she said, but this was funny. She said, you know, those of us here in Danville, we don't ever do something like that. And I said, well, good for you. I said, I'm from Sunnyvale, and I do do it. What it, what is it that we don't do? Whatever. What what ask, is ask for some kind of compensation for I thought he'd take a couple bucks, I'd give us a free drink or something. Mm-hmm. He gave us a whole pizza free and apologized. And we sat there and we ate a piece and then we took the rest of it home because everybody else was done. It was dark and it was cold and they were all done and the place was getting ready to close. But I think they lost our order or the pizza guy didn't come in. Nobody knew how to make the pizza. It was really simple, you know. It's like cheese and I think we had pepperoni at the time or vegetables or something. And she just thought that was disgraceful. That how dare you embarrass me by even pointing out that they're late. It's over a freaking hour and a half for a pizza. They take six minutes where I work. (laughs) And that's throwing them together and cooking them. So I said, oh, that's nice. So she's just somebody who's like totally full of herself. Yeah. Oh, God, it was hilarious. But she's a friend of Michael Bolton. No, she's, no, 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 no. She's a, she is an acquaintance of Michael Bolton's friend. (laughs) That's too funny. So that's like me telling you the guy who lives in, in Gorman. On, on this Highway 138 in the middle of nowhere and nowhere else, um, he designed this liquid that you put, it's like an oil lubricant that you put in your engine or you put the oil and you also put in your gas tank. And you get superior gas mileage. I mean, I can get 40 miles a gallon when I put this shit in. 70, $70 wholesale for a gallon. And it's supposed to last six months. I just poured in like gasoline. And and he, one of his houses is down on a beach in Southern California, and Donald Trump owns the house next door. So, by her example, technically, I can say I'm best buds with the Don because, or the Trumpster, because I know this guy who lives next door to Donald Trump. <laughs> Only when he's here, because normally he's in New York. I mean, I could say that, right? Jeez. I'm friends with buddies with Donald Trump. Did you ever see the movie Office Space? It sounds familiar, but, you know, when I watch a movie, I enjoy it. When I'm there, I walk out, and I think, wow, oh, that was great, or boy, that sucked, and I don't remember anything about it. Usually. Uh, and it I can watch it again and again and again, and be just as entertaining. It is a funny movie yeah. because it was basically a guy trying to get fired and couldn't get fired. Every really? every move that he made got him promoted. <laughs> and so one of the, one of the characters in that movie was a guy named Michael Bolton, and every and he would get all upset because everybody would go, "Oh, any relation to the other Michael?" Bolton? <laughs> he hated that guy. <laughs> He's like, "Why should I change my name? Because that ass hat, no clown, or no, 
no no talent asshat has the same name as me you know and it, he, he had some great lines because he was he really hated michael bolton i was like i never even heard of michael bolton until that movie <laughs> I, you know, I told her in the in the in the email. I said, "You can watch the whole country thing." They send you this thing in the in the because uh, she, you know, you can uh, you can apply for a, a poetry contest and and every and then they you don't realize it, but everybody wins. And they say you're right. one of the winners, and we'd like to publish your poet poem in the this book that's upcoming. And all you got to do is pay a hundred dollars, and you're going to be in the, in the book or something like that. So she yeah, that pays for the printing, and then they they steal your stuff. I got it. Well, it, it's a it's a group effort sort of thing. Like everybody that sent something in is on the poetry, you know. And it, uh, there's a lot of shitty poetry in that that one book. So, but she didn't know it was a scam. You know, it's a bit of a scam. And so, but you end up as a you know your your poem is published in their book, and you you know, so it, it's kind of. A, I, it's a vanity project, I think, is what it you know, what it turns out to be, and I think that's what Tony Robbins has done with this uh, living abundantly thing. Pretty smart. Well, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was Lee Baird. So you did. That name Lee Baird. Did you know Lee or whatever his name is? Lee Lee Beard, huh? Yeah. Did, how'd you know him? Through Eric Lawholm, who was my mentor. Oh, okay. When I, was doing really, when I was doing really well, I was thinking about that when you said, who's Lee, who's Eric Rothbaum, and I was like, God, I was doing really well when he was my mentor. Oh, maybe you should get, look him up. <laughs> All right, you ready to read oh, a read this? What? Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. Oh. You can, you don't have to. Thoughts are things. How did, you, how did you end up with the title, Thoughts are things? I've just always thought that. Huh. And then it's kind of interesting that you would want me to be reading to you something you wrote. It would be like, okay, so who would own the copyright for that? If you, if you, uh, if I read to you something that you wrote, do, does the person who's reading it own the copyright or does the person who, who wrote it own the copyright? <laughs> It's like those people, like those people that sing. Do they they own the song, don't they? Even though the the words are written by somebody else, like Sarman and Garfunkel originally. Or if something. Somebody else writes the words. If somebody else writes the words mm -hmm. for them, or, or just writes the words, they own the copyright. If they want somebody specific to sing, they have to give it up to that person. Apparently. So. I don't know. Anyways, nobody. Yeah, it's just no big deal. I just wonder, kind of wonder about such things sometimes. I'm gonna have, you to, don't read. have to read it. I'll have to, read. have to read. I won't read it to you, but I will read it at some point because this is kind of fascinating that you wrote this. So uh, I read it. I read it to myself through half squished pages, and I thought, you know, that sounds really good. I did a good job on that. Oh wow! So it goes to page one twenty-two, and then so that you're, that's the last page of your your section. It says page one twenty-two is not part of this book preview. 
Everybody's got a few pages. Some people wrote more than others. There's a limit to how much you can write so they can have, say, 20 authors instead of only 10. They want them to come, they want some kind of consistency. So however many authors they decided they needed, dictates on the size of the book how many pages you can have. And if you don't use all those, then you don't use them. I used all of mine. And I'm right in the middle of the book, and I love that. I'm right in the middle of the page on the on the table of contents, and I'm right exactly where you can see me on the front cover. What I'm getting at is when I looked up your title of your book and it came up on it on Google Books, your story is part of their preview. So that's why I was being able to read it on the internet. However, oh, so you can't read you can't read the whole book. No, it's only the the. Oh, okay. That's what I was getting that's at. Cool. And so, um, yeah, but your book, your your story, is highlighted yeah. in there uh, in this book on the internet when it pops up. Okay. Wow. So that's yeah, what. Did you type in my name? Did you, wait, wait, wait. Did you type in my name? Maybe that's why it came up. Uh, what I typed in was, uh, living in abundance, Tony Robbins. And then you said, wake up, live the life you love that. And then it comes right straight to this, but it's not, it's not the very first thing that comes up, but it is one of the previews. Okay. I just thought you would, uh, well, I think they consider it significant if it's part of the preview, right? I guess. I didn't know that. This is my first knowledge of it. Yeah. So I was—I thought I was reading the whole thing to you, but uh, there's only a part of it. That's fascinating. I find the whole thing kind of fascinating. How does it end? Again? I find the whole thing kind of fascinating. How much do you have? It goes... How many pages do you have? I think it's one page, two pages... So you did a, Three and a couple lines. You did fire walk after college. A fire walk with Tony Robbins gave me a much needed jolt, and then. That's where it ends. No, let me see. Finally, ask, listen to the whisper, find a mentor, hold positive, and I'm going. Okay, what's next? <laughs> it's not. It's on page one twenty two, which is not on there. <laughs> oh shit. But no, what that does is, is if people are reading it and they're going to go, oh, shit, how does this end? And they're going to buy the book because of you. <laughs> well, I, I even sell it to them for a little cheaper. How much is it selling for? Oh, I guess that's a good question. Let's see. Um... So it only goes to page 121. It doesn't go to 122. Yeah, well, they, there's several different excerpts, and yours is one of them. Right. And so it does, it does like two pages of yours or three pages of it, and then it cuts it off. So, so a person will read your okay. story, and then they'll go, "Shit, how did it end? I gotta find out." And they're gonna buy the book because of you. <laughs> so it's fifty. Yeah, fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars at BarnesandNoble.com. Okay, because it's fourteen ninety five. But anyway, this is finally ask, listen to the whisper, find a mentor, hold positive, and here's what's on the next page: hold positive thought, take massive action, and give, 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 give. It completes the circle. It's joy to others and grace to you. Tho
Oh, it's only one paragraph that's missing? It's the end of that sentence and two more sentences. Three more sentences. Well, that's kind of fascinating. Huh. Good to know. I'm supposed to be pointing people over there to show them what a cool person I am. Well, I think it's kind of cool, actually. I do, too, because I would never have known that. And then, and then, um, and so, so here I was thinking, trying to push you into being coming an author. You're already an author. I think I told you that, but you weren't listening. Oh, shut up. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, yeah. you shut up, you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but you know, when I wrote that, it just came to me. And. And they said, what's your aha moment when the things turn around? And the whole point about things got really noxious was my mother bitching and screaming and telling me I was useless, worthless, and good for nothing. That sucks. That's what all that's about. So you practiced massage therapy? Um, I have, yeah. Are you looking at the back? Are you looking at, I didn't look at the back. Well, I'm looking at the, what you wrote. In the back? The little section on the back? I don't know. It's just, this is what you wrote. What's it say? Um, there's a paragraph that says, oh, no, that's not you. Sorry. It's someone else. And that's funny because the other day Kevin says, he, he, I'm talking to his friend about the music thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's listening to a phone call and he's working on a bike and he, and he looked up at me and he said, I bet you give really good back massage. And I thought he was talking to the lady on the phone and... He said it again, and I looked over, and he goes, yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I do. Used to. Anyway. He's kind of hitting on you. That must be yeah, nice. But, you know, he... What's that? That must be nice. You're still attractive enough that people hit on you. Yeah, I know. It's a shock. You know, this lady, I, I think I might have told you about Rosemary. She's a legend in her own mind. And she will find people and step all over them as best she can and browbeat them in front of others and think it makes her look good. She just doesn't. Anyway, this gal I know named Victoria is a friend of hers. They've known each other for a long time. I've known Victoria since, I think, 2003 when she was answered an ad to buy my Camaro. She had a blue and white Camaro, 76, piece of shit falling apart. It was fast. And I had a... 77 that was silver and black interior was perfect condition except for the motor that was leaking oil. And Can you hear me? Yeah. Something happened there. Oh, I thought, I thought it was your computer. I thought there was your phone going out. It was a plane going over. And that was weird. I can hear your Anyways, phone going out. No, my phone's not going out. It's My phone's fine. It's fully charged and there's <clears throat> five bars. I just heard it do. Bars. I heard it do that weird distortion thing. 
Well, it's got five bars, so I don't know what the deal is. It's fully charged, so it's got five bars. One, two, three, four, six. Because track phone gives you six, so it's got six bars. Anyway, Victoria wanted to buy my Camaro so that her Camaro would have company. Okay. She never ended up buying. She, she drove it. She didn't buy it. And then we just kind of stayed friends, and then she dissed me over something with my sister not too long ago, and she pulled a stunt a few years back, and I didn't talk to her for two years, and she's always poking around trying to reconnect, right? So we're just briefly engaged on the computer every once in a while. So she's telling me about Rosemary and how she went to Nashville to become a singer. She got this big schnoz, bigger than... than um, Who's a Jewish blonde lady? Uh, Streisand, Barbara Streisand. Her nose is bigger than that. And she just she wears skinny little dresses, and she's always showing her pictures of people, you know, pictures to people. And she always bends over, straight legs, ass up, underwear showing, knees locked. And I was like, you can't do that when you're out on stage. I mean, that's just so tacky. But anyway, she goes to Nashville, and I guess she met somebody who is supposedly a friend of sorts with Michael Bolton. And I'm thinking, big damn deal. So she constantly touts herself, well, I'm an international, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a national singer. She's not an international, she's just nationwide. I'm a nationwide singer. She's sang in Danville and in Nashville. And this guy made her a video and I showed it to Donnie and he goes, oh my God, how much she pay for that? I don't know, 15, 20,000. He goes, oh damn. She could have gone to Las Vegas and had it done for 1500 It would have been as nice, if not nicer. And so... <laughs> He's harsh. Oh, I mean, I, I'll send you the link and you can watch it yourself. I mean, she's in a bar and she's talking to a crowd. There's three people in the back corner, the bartender and two or three people playing cards with their back to her. And she's talking like the room has got, you know, like she's on stage in America's Got Talent. And, uh... Anyway, so she made this comment, and Rosemary and Victoria said, if you get a chance, go to her Facebook page, and you can see it. She said, I personally think her dog singing is the best part of it. It's got to be pretty funny. I said, I don't do Facebook, so I don't know how to see it. But her name is Rosemary, and she's in Danville, and I'm sure it'll come up if you Google it. But anyway, so it's like, are we supposed to be impressed? So I'm off the top of my head, started listing things that have happened in my life with people that I've met, places I've gone, and, and whatnot. And then I I said, so yikes, Rosemary. Everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. That does not make you special. But I said that to Victoria to give her a laugh. And then I said, there's some pictures, and I'm thinking, I've actually done a lot of things. I've modeled at the top of Half Dome and Mono Lake. And I have been asked out three times for beer with Clint Eastwood. I've sat on Jerry, Jerry Rice's lap. I've been to Clark's by the Bay for the 49er New Year's party. I've got a picture with Jim Bird, who is number 64. Um, I've, I've got a picture of me petting a moray eel. I have. Yeah, but is that moray eel famous? Its name is Psycho. <laughs> Must be famous then. I don't. I don't know. 
And, you know, I've, I've got a picture of me holding, and just to be facetious, I, I put some things up. I said, I said, I've got a picture of me on, was it Peter or Henry Fonda in the movie Easy Rider? Was it Peter Fonda, the son? Uh, I think it was the son. Yeah, I said, I got a picture of me. I said, I sat on Peter Fonda's infamous motorcycle from Easy Rider while Elvis was giving me a kiss. I've got a picture of me at the altar with Elvis marrying him. Of course, it's a, you know, a picture with Willie Nelson. It did look like Willie Nelson, but it was an impersonator. She won't know the difference. I, I said, um, I said I, I spent part of an evening with Charlie Sheen at a sleazy motel in Mojave only because he came to my room. Someone pointed him out pointed my room out to him and he sat there next to me and he asked me if I would drive his black Carrera back down to LA because he was too fucked up and he wanted to stay there at his hotel room. Um, I said, I said, I've had lunch with Ben Halperin and Martin and Michael she, um, Douglas. I said, I was asked to I was asked to model at Garabata Creek, Creek with Cole Weston. And then the teacher looked at me and he goes, you better find out the details. He says, because Garabata Creek is full of poison oak and the only photographs do. I said, oh, okay, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, Cole Weston, Brett Weston, Weston's famous photographer is up right up there with Ansel Adams. Um, you know, I, I said, uh, I said I dated the, the number two in command of the U.S. Navy during the Gulf War. I said, and there's pictures of me and him there. And I, I, I've dated the number one guy to the Saudi government, um, you know, Kenneth Crash Lakeen, and he works for Southwest now. And, and, and you know, and I just showed her pictures and shit. And I thought, God, I've done a lot of books. Yeah, so there I was, Marie, but. I forgot to put in that I wrote a book. I even told her, I said, I even photographed a lesbian couple, a couple lesbian chiropractors kissing in my chiropractor's office. Oh, and look, there's my chiropractor, and there's the four of us. And I took a picture of a, of a, a, a big, fluffy, super hairy, Samoyed type of dog getting a haircut. And it had all this hair on the floor, and this dog that was combed out, and they wouldn't get a haircut, it was just being combed I just put shit in there just like, it's like a big deal. Michael Bolton, he's not your friend. It's because you talk to somebody that knows him, that opens for him, doesn't mean that you're anybody. You just, you know, I mean, I have pictures with Elvis Presley's bodyguard. We heard all kinds of stories about that, that guy before he died. And he signed the book, and there it is. I'm holding the book, and he's shaking my hand, and I mean, who gives a shit? This stuff. Well, she gives a shit. Some people do. Right? What's that? She apparently gives a shit. She gives a shit. She does, only if it has to do with her. Right. But the video, if you can Google, if you can find her Facebook page, it's hilarious. She did a, a thing down in Nashville, and then I guess that big tornado came through and devastated everything three blocks from where she lived. So she's one of those people that takes herself really seriously and, and it's so, she takes herself so seriously that it's hilarious. It's funny. She's funny without oh, realizing. Yeah. yeah. And when her mother was dying of kidney failure and dementia, yeah. 
she just let her die. She just said, well, you know, there's nothing I can do about it, Victoria. says, oh, my God, you can go to take her to a nephrologist and have her kidneys checked out. Because you don't just have to let her die. She says, well, she's going to die anyway. She's a small woman. And I thought, oh, my God. I said, you better tell her that the dementia her mother has that she so despises. 50% of her mother's blood is running through her veins. And she is likely to get the same damn thing. She might already have it. <laughs> I mean, she's already got something. Yeah. Sure. She sounds really you know, ultra I mean, selfish sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, just all kinds of stuff. But, but you know, she's uh, Michael Bolden's friend, so, you know, she's a somebody. <laughs> they're all mine, and she'll use people. Oh, here's something that's funny. We all went out. I went, she was, she's got a nice voice. She cannot dance. So the pretty little sparkly dress for someone 40 years younger than you is, is cute, but like kind of inappropriate. And she's got bangs, she's got curled bangs and straight hair. And she's and she wears horrible boxes of makeup like women did back in the 60s. Now you said, a dress for, you said a dress for someone who's 40 years younger? Holy shit. Like, it's five years. Oh, my God. And she's wearing sequins dresses, but she can't wear heels because she wears cloths with them and it looks stupid as hell. And she'll put out her pictures of her standing. She's got a picture of her standing in front of some red car. And the only gig she could get would be, like, the, um, you know what Hot August Nights is? No. You ever heard of Hot August Nights? No. It's a rally for cars, and everybody's got a hot car, you know, street rod or or muscle car. They come out and they flood the, flood the highways, and they cruise up and down El Camino, and now they do it up in in um, Tahoe, in uh, North Shore. And so, so she's got a picture in front of a red car, a fancy red car, and she's standing with her legs crossed like she has to go pee. Before that was a style, like thirty years before that was a style in, in magazines. And she's holding her hands in front of her crotch. She's holding a dick. And I'm like, that doesn't look sexy. I don't know who her photographer is, but they're not helping her any. So she'll put those out on easel. She gets, she gets George, this guy who's probably in his late 80s now. And, and he's, he he has money, and so she likes him. And, uh, and she'll tease him and stuff and, and give him nothing. And then he just he buys her Lexus, and everybody's happy. And so... He'll set those things out on easels, pictures of her. It's not like a promotional piece or a bed card or a, a headshot or a buy my CD. It's look how beautiful I am. I am so pretty. Aren't I pretty? Tell me I'm pretty. Say it, say it. He does like that. And, and uh, so she does these car shows. At any rate, we went out for... There was a new pizza place opening up in Danville. Are you familiar with the money in Danville? With what? The money? Are you familiar with Danville? Not... Are you familiar with Danville that it's a place with a lot of money? No, not really. Okay, so her husband and George got a house there. It was kind of like a ranch house. <coughs> and so she hung out there. So we all went for pizza. And she's got this guy named Rick that follows her around like a puppy. He's been in love with her for 40 years. He'll do anything for her. 
and she teases him and lets him stay overnight and she'll walk around naked or with a teddy on or something. He's like, slobbering. Ah, 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 but supposedly he doesn't, they don't do anything. I told, I told Victoria, I said, give me a break. I said, she's doing them every once in a while just to keep him hanging. But he's stupid enough to do it. And then she demeans him and says, well, you're just a short man that's balding. So how is it that you're attractive? I mean, you really should listen to me. And if I tell you, just pay for it and stay away from me so people don't think I'm with you. Then pay for it and stay away from me so people don't think I'm with you. Otherwise, I can't be your friend. Because I need to be, I need, I can't, you're changing my image. And I can't have that. So she's of that nature. So Victoria and I went. And her and Rick went, and you know he's going to pay. And then this other gal who's very homely, and she's got a skin condition, and she always wears a big floppy fisherman's hat and, and baggy, drapey clothes. She's a very, very sweet lady, but she's very homely. And and that's good for that's good for Rosemarie because it makes Rosemarie feel a lot better than her. So we're all eating pizza. We're at this new place, and we went there when it was daylight. Well, it's starting to get dark. And the pizza hasn't come. And I asked Victoria, I said, man, do you just want to split a pizza because it's kind of spicy? And we whispered to each other. And she goes, yeah, that'd be good. So pretty soon, the other gal gets her food. And then the two of them get their food. And they're eating. And our pizza's not there yet. So I wave over Garcon. I said, Garcon, hey, you know, what happened to our pizza? He says, well, you know, it's our first night open. We're really busy. I said, I understand that. I said, should it be taken an hour and a half? I kind of like to eat before it gets dark. He goes, well, well, we'll look into it. So the other ones are halfway done with their food, and I and Victoria calls them over. Now, Rosemarie's listening. Nobody else could hear us. Nobody else cared. It was just our table. And we're outside the patio. So she calls them over. She says, you know, I'm wondering if, we, if you're having a problem with the pizza, maybe we should just skip it. And the guy says, oh, no, no, well, I'll get you pizza. And I said, is there any way we can get some kind of discount for this? I mean, we came to eat together, and they're already done. And so he gave us the pizza free, Victoria and I. And Rosemarie blew a slipping gasket. As soon as he walked away, she turned into the ugly witch, and she says, well, I don't remember all that she said, but this was funny. She said, you know, those of us here in Danville, we don't ever do something like that. And I said, well, good for you. I said, I'm from Sunnyvale, and I do do it. What, <laughs> what is it that we don't do, whatever? What, what ask, is... ask for some kind of compensation for, I thought he'd take a couple bucks. I'd give us a free drink or something. Mm-hmm. He gave us a whole pizza free and apologized. And we sat there, and we ate a piece, and then we took the rest of it home because everybody else was done. It was dark, and it was cold, and... They were all done, and the place was getting ready to close. But I think they lost our order, or the pizza guy didn't come in, and nobody knew how to make the pizza. It was really simple, you know. It's like cheese, and I think we had pepperoni at the time, or vegetables or something. And she just thought that was disgraceful, that how dare you embarrass me by even pointing out that they're late. It's over a freaking hour and a half for a pizza. They take six minutes where I work. <laughs> so she's just somebody who's and like and totally <laughs> full of herself. Yeah, I've got it hilarious. But she's a friend of Michael Bolton. <laughs> no, she's no 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 no. She's 
she's a she is an acquaintance of Michael Bolton's friend. <laughs> that's so that's funny. like so that's like me telling you the guy who lives in in Gorman on on this highway one thirty eight in the middle of nowhere and nowhere else. Um, he designed this liquid that you put it's like an oil lubricant that you put in your engine or you put the oil and you also put in your gas tank and you get superior gas mileage i mean i can get 40 miles a gallon when i put this shit in 70 70 dollars wholesale for a gallon and it's supposed to last six months i just poured in like gasoline and and he one of his houses is down on a beach southern california and donald trump owns the house next door so by her example, technically, I can say I'm best buds with the Don because, or the Trumpster, because I know this guy who lives next door to Donald Trump. <laughs> Only when he's here, because normally he's in New York. But, but I mean, I could say that, right? Oh, I'm friends with buddies with Donald Trump. Did you ever see the movie Office Space? It sounds familiar, but, you know, when I watch a movie, I enjoy it. When I'm there, I walk out, and I think, wow, that was great, or boy, that sucked, and I don't remember anything about it. Um, And I can watch it again and again and again, and be just as entertaining. It is a funny movie, because it was basically a guy trying to get fired and couldn't get fired. Every every move that he made got him promoted. (laughs) (laughs) And so, one of... One of the characters in that movie was a guy named Michael Bolton, and every and he would get all upset because everybody would go, "Oh, any relation to the other Michael?" Bolton? <laughs> he hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Why should I change my name? Because that ass hat, no clown or no, no, no talent ass hat has the same name as me." You know, and he he had some great lines because he was he really hated Michael Bolton. I was like, I never even heard of Michael Bolton until that movie. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I told her in the in the in the email. I said he can watch the whole country thing. Cousin, Renny. Didn't I? Yeah, Elvis married his own cousin. Priscilla's his cousin. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I do know that he's a sexual deviant. And this security guard told us that the reason he invited, because he always invited people to his, his place. And one of the reasons he liked to do that is because he was a sexual deviant. And he said, the all the rooms at the base of the room, there was um, people. He had a he had a private hallway, and there was people. And so he says he would he would invite people to stay, and they'd go to bed, and they'd go in the room, and he'd go downstairs, and he'd watch them all night long. Creepy, huh? Well, he was one of those guys that could afford to be creepy. I don't know. It's a little bit too creepy for me. Yep. So. I heard one time he paid really good money, like a couple thousand dollars to to uh, get his plane ready and... and uh, Load, you know, uh, gassed up and everything because it wasn't ready and it wasn't fixed, so that he could fly two or three states over just to get a peanut butter sandwich. Wouldn't be surprised. 
So his whole thing, like he was just spending money like crazy, and the guy that was running his finances was stealing from him. So he basically died pretty broke. <clears throat> yeah, and he was constipated. Oh, well, I don't know much about him. I never quite could figure out the thing with him, like, because he was a little bit before my time. <clears throat> and so all the things that people talked about Elvis before was like, well, that was the generation before. I didn't care about him. And then in the 1970s, he went to Las Vegas, and that was what washed up, you know, uh, artists did was go to Las Vegas. But he was one of the first right. guys. Yeah, he was one of the first guys to do that. So it was kind of like, I was, I, you know, I never really cared much about him. I didn't think it was like anything. And then, and then he died and, and he died relatively young in 1975. I remember him dying. Oh, he died in 75? That's the year I graduated. Yep. So he was, well, a, you know, he was a 1950s uh, thing. There's quite a few. Um, I remember this one guy. Yeah. He was on uh, on that show um, Dallas, and he was he was like yeah. would play on the other side of uh, Jr. And so he was like his foil or whatever they call it. And he was a he was. You know, a, I, never, I never watched a single one of those shows. I think I watched one or two. That was about it. I couldn't figure out why people were talking okay. about it. So, um, but he, I read his story. He, you know, he, he was like a secondary character and he, and he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't, he wasn't making waves. He was, you know, he was, he stayed for the entire show and, and they, they interviewed him and they said, they said, said, well, um, you were in the military. And he said, yeah, I was, I was tromping through the jungles in Vietnam. And the way I look at this Hollywood thing is, no matter how bad they treat you, at least they're not sending me back to the jungle. So he was, oh, wow. yeah. And, and it's the people like that you kind of appreciate, like, well, you appreciate their service. And also he, he learned something like, no matter how bad it gets, you ain't sending me to the jungle. So you treat me like shit all you want, you know? <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. It's like, this ain't the jungle. So, and you ain't shit. So you go ahead and treat, mistreat me all you want. Right. That's right. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. I, I appreciate that because that's a life lesson right there. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah. And I'm looking at this stuff, Kevin, and I'm thinking the Spanish English uh, book for selling shit uh, for Equinox. God, what a waste of money. I mean, I had it back then, so it's not, I can't cry over it. I had the money back then, but. Well, I think God is showing you that um, there's more important things than 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 the kind of bullshit that you you had tied yourself into. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really have. Well, I, could also, I could also say I knew I was friends with Bill Gold and Smith <laughs> and Maury. Uh, <laughs> 
Bill Gould? You mean the, the architect? Harry Sharman? No, Bill Gould, the genius for the Sequinox Company. My wife used to work for a guy named Bill Gould, and my wife also works for a company named Equinox right now. I wish I could send you pictures. I'd take a picture of him and send it to you, but you can't, for some reason, get pictures from Bill Have Gould. Have you seen the guy before? Yeah, my wife used to work for Bill Gould, who's the president of Bill Gould Design and Architecture. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a picture of it and see if maybe I can email it to you. Um, okay, let me try this. You'll have to give me your email. Let's see. And this guy did all kinds of things. Apparently he married some lady who had a shipping company and moved up to the Tahoe area. She, she was part of UPS or something. Okay, so I got the picture. I'm going to send it to your email. What's your email address? Jesus loves you, or God loves you. So it's uh, Kevin dot God loves you. Capital letter. No, it's all lowercase. At at gmail dot com. Can you get Can you get your mail? Are you on your computer? Yes, I am. Kevin dot God loves you at gmail dot com. So my wife used to work for Bill Gould Designs. So she worked for a guy named Bill Gould, and she works now at a company called Equinix. Okay, I just sent it to you. I heard it go. No, he's got some phenomenal products here, and he had, you know, people coming in as speakers and all kinds of stuff. Went to the seminars. I actually spoke on stage. Um, in front of 25,000 people in one of his gatherings. It's pretty awesome. So what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> yeah, but if I had time to figure out, I'd figure out. <clears throat> and here's your damn English damn book. <laughs> wow, you really hit the skids, didn't you? I just was in a lot of car accidents, and every time I was, oh, uh, Steve Gould was the president, and he was the CEO. There was uh, Gary Hank, vice president of field relations, Diane Von Son, chief financial officer. They were they were out of um, Las Vegas. Uh, so, so it's Steve Gould Paulina. instead of Bill Gould. Steve is the big brother. Steve was the president and Bill was the um, CEO. What was the company called? Equinox. E-Q-U-I-N-O-X. All right, I'm doing a Google search for Bill Gould. Oh, it's got two Ds. Yes, because I was lucky. He, uh... A double... There's a multi-level marketing business that went broke, broke, and he ended up in jail. No, he didn't go to jail. No. 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 What happened was, what happened was, he had like say five or six people at the top, 
and then each of them had their directors underneath them, and then each of them had a, a bigger number of managers, and they had a bigger number of supervisors, and they had a bigger number of whatever, for it was, it looked like a pyramid, but, you know, all businesses look like that. <clears throat> you've got a CEO, you've got a few, you know, operations officer, chief financial officer, and it's a pyramid in every business you've got. Anyway, so a couple of his key players, I don't know if it was Sherry Sharman, but I know a couple of the other ones, um, oh, I can't remember what the guy's name was, it was a squatty little guy. What they would do, they didn't do the business the way they were supposed to do it. The way you're supposed to do it is get people to come in, give meetings, explain the product, have have them have all the people at the bottom bring people in so you can explain the product and they might buy some and they might try to sell some. And the higher up you go, the bigger the percentage you get. I think 40% was the max and 10% was at the bottom. I mean, I, that's what I did for... Three years, 1992, three, four, at least for those three full years. <clears throat> and I got paychecks. And what you do is you bring people in, and as you as you sell a certain amount, over a certain period of time, as you sell a certain amount, you get a higher percentage. Yeah, so multi-level marketing would, is what that's called. What they would do, what they would do, instead of, you bringing in 10 people and everybody working really hard, starting at the bottom and actually doing it the way they're supposed to do it. They would promise people the director pin and position. And then they would talk to, because you had to do $10,000 in a, I don't know if it was a quarter or how, you know, a month, a quarter, a year, whatever. You had to do $10,000 to become a director. The director's got 40% of all the money that came in. So they would take people randomly and place them under their star people that they liked a lot. They didn't put them in the order, like, if you brought me in, I should be under you. But if your boss, they're not bosses, but if you're higher up, like their sister or brother, better than they kind of liked you, but you were the workhorse and you were actually bringing people in, they would put me under one of their people so that their person could reach the higher level and be successful. And to do that, <coughs> the new person, they would talk the new person. They would talk the new person into buying ten thousand dollars worth of product, and we'll help you sell it. <coughs> Not the way to do it. And so, rather than, and then when they started catching on, they said, "Okay, well, you buy the ten thousand, but I'm going to get credit of five thousand to this person and five thousand to you, and you're both underneath Kevin." So Kevin's going to get the director pin, and we will help you sell that product. So to prove that, you know, because there was some people that didn't like him. Get back. Get back. Jeez. There was some people that didn't Fucking like him. Christ, so I am trying to tell they, her about what's on this website. She's just keeps talking. She does not fucking stop talking. Got into one of these higher six people, and they said, hey, man, how can we make this work? You know, kind of lying to them. Say, well, you know, what do I need to do? Okay, if I buy ten thousand dollars stuff, put it in my garage. It's not a big deal. That's fine because then if you need something, you, you come to me and buy it for me, and then I get my money back and stuff. And <clears> you don't have to order it because you're already at the top. And so they would do that, and a couple of them, at least one, had ten thousand dollars to ship in his garage that he didn't know how to sell because he, he didn't do it right. And so they used that to take him down. And that isn't how. I mean, he had meetings. He was like President Trump. He had 
big ass group meeting. People had to wait outside. They had to watch the big jumbotron. <clears throat> they had to cut people off because there was too many people there. They couldn't even hold them in these big convention centers down in Las Vegas. It just had too many people. And <clears throat> because it, you know, there's products were great though. I'm still taking some of the products. And and his way of he was honest and he said if he finds out someone's lying and cheating, he's gonna get, cut them off of the knees and get them the hell out. He said I'm not gonna have someone do this. And and uh, like two or three of the six ganged up on him and cut him off at the knees. So can I read you out. what the Federal Trade Commission says on their website? Sure. I was it dated by the way? Is it ninety six? Um, 2002. So in, uh, yeah, on August 3rd, 1999, a lawsuit claimed that Equinix International had the five, no, eight, uh, there's a bulleted list of, uh, of allegations that it was an illegal pyramid scheme, made deceptive earnings claims, violated state securities laws, violated deceptive trade practice laws, made false advertising laws, violated pyramid laws, violated licensing requirement laws. Eight states, including Hawaii, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Virginia, along with the Federal Trade Commission, filed charges against Equinox Equinox International. In 2000, the company was forced to shut down its operations and pay a $40 million restitution to its distributors. The settlement banned Mr. Gould from ever participating in network marketing again for the rest of his life, and it forced the company to dissolve and liquidate its assets. In addition, he also had... In 2002? In 2000. In addition, he also had to dissolve Advanced Marketing Seminars, Inc. and BG Management, Inc. and some personal assets. The company was officially closed in 2001. That's interesting because they were the there was some guy that scheduled this to uh, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, maybe it's a controller. Where if you're going to go into default or the company's being shut down or whatever, they sell off all your assets at a at a, like fire sale prices. Um, and so that guy eventually, whoever that that person was and that position was, he finally they opened up everything that was left to sell. And we got really good rates on it. And I sat on the phone for three freaking days. I had two phones, and they were constantly on redial. And it wasn't until the end of the third day, which they opened the third day up. This is like a weekend or something. And they opened the third day up, and I got in like within the last hour. And I was speed dialing, repeat dialing, and I couldn't get in. So there wasn't a whole lot of stuff left when I got there, but I took all the herbs that I could. And they drop shipped. Um, I think it was like, I think I paid 800 bucks and I probably got five times that in product at least. And I remember thinking to myself, man, there's enough herbs here for when I'm 40. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm still taking the herbs and they are still good. And they dropped a pallet off on my driveway that was shrink wrapped, a pallet. And so, but I, I couldn't get all the stuff I wanted. I got, you know, I got some water products, and that's why I've got this um, this whole home unit that I'm trying to sell. And the products were phenomenal. They really, really were. The, the system was phenomenal. The problem was, he got two or three people up there. He had, I think there were six people at the top, and they were his 
key speakers that gave mostly speeches and stuff, and they advanced them. What did we call it? What is it called? Advanced something? A seminar thing? Advanced seminars or whatever? But they were amazing seminars. Amazing. And, and you're just riveted the whole time. And there were 16, 18 hours a day, three or four days in a row. And, how, and the, the way those people could do it is because they were taking something called essence of life. It's a mineral complex. If you have an ache in your neck, you rub it on your neck. If you want plants to grow, you put it in the water for fresh cut flowers. If you want plants to get bigger and have no disease, you put it in the soil along the plants, and it works great. But if you take it yourself, it puts everybody at peak performance. So your peak performance might be different than mine. I might be able to run around the block once, it's just whatever your peak performance is. And I still have some of that. I have a couple cases. I'm staring at a, two, two cases, two boxes of it right now. So I, I got that in 99 or, or 2001. You're saying 2000. Because everything, it took a long time for everything to close. But you said 2002. He was a master. He's the one that he's the one that taught me how to buy a car from a dealer and not get screwed. And he had a tape series, and I listened to it again and again. And the bottom line is, is you know, you should go in. And if you're not, if you dress nice, they treat you better than if you dress sloppy with, you know, Birkenstocks and shorts. And he went in to buy at the time a, an um, Explorer Expedition because, and they all they had wanted to get one of those. And they were pretty expensive. That's back when a forty-five, fifty thousand dollar car was a lot of money. And so he went in and he says, Okay, I'd like that one. And can you put this stereo in it? Says, sure. Let's come over here and talk. He says, You're not putting me in a cubby. Call them cubby instead of cubby. And he says, You're not putting me in one of those. And he says, I will have my people come over and fill the paperwork out tomorrow. I'd like to have it ready tomorrow for pickups. And they gave him shit. He said, he said this, how would you like to make $400 an hour? That'd be great. He said, good. Then I get the paperwork done in the next 15 minutes because I'm only leaving you $100 commission. Um, and I did exactly what he did when I went out to buy my Corolla, the gold one I had. And it worked like a charm. They go, well, you know, here's the list. No, 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 I've already looked at the list price. That's not the list price. That's a really bad photocopy of your receiving document. Because that is not the document you got when you took possession of that car. Period. And we're not sitting in your room for 15 minutes and then you call the big guns in. We're not, I'm not doing it. Because when you're in those little rooms and they leave, they're they're bugging you. They're all bugged. And they listen to you talking to you. Oh, you know, I really like this, but the color's not quite right. Or I, I you know, I a little bit steep. I really,
and he told me this, he told me that, and this and that happened, and, and here's what I know. I know you get this discount, this discount, that discount. And one of the discounts is a collective that's for the end of the month. So this guy is supposedly the leader of the salespeople. What kind of leader is he when he refuses cash? I got cash right here on me. This is what you paid for the car. Here's what the option is. I don't want you to bother having to take off. Here's the rebate and discount. And here's the tax. And here's the $100 commission. So this is what I'm paying you. $13,244. <coughs> and he turned it down. So I don't know. I And then he wouldn't answer my call. So I would fire him. They fired him. But, but Bill Gould is the one that he, he just knew people and he set this up. And I think he knew these people were in cahoots. And, and, uh, but they just had a taste of too much money and they wanted to be on the top. But they figured if they took him out, they'd be on the top. But none of them had the cojones to do it. So they, and, and he was actually a really nice guy. He was a great speaker. He was a nice guy. He came up with really good ideas. I mean, all this stuff is very professional. He had his lawyers. Um, it was a real slick presentation. You don't have to join. You're not getting nickel with dime. You know how I joined? $7.60 I bought a hair shampoo. But I brought Jeff in. Jeff wanted to go ground home because he wanted to, he wanted to impress me. So he spent $10,000, about $10,000 for Sonic, which over the next three years, we sold together so he didn't get stuck with it. And that made me a manager right away. And so I got 33% of everything that was sold. Even when I bought the stuff myself, I got 33% discount. Highest, I think, was 40, 20, 33, and 40. And so they just didn't do it right. They went behind his back and they got caught. So he's the one that went down for it. But anyway, I knew they weren't going to allow him to do multi-level anymore. But it's, I mean, who's in charge of Apple? Who's in charge of Apple? What do you mean in charge? Who's the head guy at Apple? And did you get that email with the trick? Tim something or other. Tim Cook. Yeah. Right. No, it is not the same damn thing. It is not the same. How do you figure? How do you, no, seriously, I'm not challenging. It's like, really? How do you figure? Just go to the FTC website and read it for yourself. So if you go to Apple and read up on the FTC website the, the complaints that they've had against Apple, and you go to, you know, so I worked for a company that, that had gone down because of, uh, of, uh, it wasn't the Federal Trade Commission, but it was something similar. Remember Sarbanes-Oxley? No. So Sarbanes-Oxley is some kind of law that got passed because Enron, which was essentially, Enron was a, another scam, and it basically it was a... I don't know anything about Enron except the name. I don't know who the players are and how it went down or what it was about. I just saw the name. Yeah. Something was, something was bad. Enron was essentially a pyramid scheme in that was run at the level of uh you know heavy duty high end uh you know multi billion dollar uh uh companies involved and it brought I thought it was a company that dealt in oil 
it dealt in energy, and in particular right. energy futures. So if you think oil is going to be, you know, a hundred dollars a gallon to or a hundred dollars a barrel, you know, next month, then you would easily buy as many f oil futures as you could get your hands on because right now it's selling for like $20 a barrel, right? Well, I don't really know that much about it, but I know that's where they got their start. And then they, they rapidly spread out into all kinds of fu energy futures. And, uh, and it was all just a scam. It was a, it was a, uh, a Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme is that the old investors get paid off by the new investors. Right. So the guys who are running the Ponzi scam, they're like they're the pyramid operators. They get all they they get all kinds of money, and then and then they they're the ones that run away. They get, they get paid till they get caught. Well, they get paid, and then they get hint that somebody's on their tail and then they all leave. That's a pyramid scheme. So Equinox was a pyramid scheme. Enron was a pyramid scheme. And so because of Enron and it made it so high up into the, uh, you know, into the public stock index where this kind of shit is not supposed to happen. And it brought down one of the top, um, uh, uh, what do you call those guys that are accountants. So accountant firms are supposed to be the most honest firms in the planet. That's why you hire them. Yeah, right. By theory, not really, though. And so this scheme brought down the one of the top four accounting firms in the world. Okay? Is that what Enron was? Was Enron an accounting firm? No, Enron was in bed with Arthur Anderson, who... Arthur Anderson was the accounting firm and they knew exactly what was going on. It was a pyramid scheme and they were involved in it. And nobody Why would they do that? For money, tons and tons of money. Yeah, but, but wouldn't you wouldn't you be in it until you got maybe, I don't know, a couple million or maybe a one trillion and then you get the hell out before the shit hit the fan? Well, Somebody caught on to them before they could leave, and then also, you know, they were public companies, so they so you can't you can't just hide once you're in public, right? Wait, so Enron was a company, and they were involved with the with the money traders. Enron was like a f energy fu oh. energy futures, okay? So if you think was Hillary involved in that, was Hillary involved in that? I don't think so. No. Oh, so, okay, so after Enron brought down one of the top-notch big four ad, uh, 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 accounting firms in the world, okay, because Arthur right. Anderson was one of the top, not big four, okay. Was he like Merrill Lynch? He was bigger than Merrill Lynch. But they're the same kind of thing, same kind of business. Yeah, Merrill Lynch. I never heard of Arthur Because they're supposed to be these quiet accounting type firms, okay? Right. Coopers and Ligrand is another one. All right. So there are. What did you say the last one? What did you say the last one? Coopers and Ligrand. Coopers and what? 
Ligrand. You, you've never heard of them because they're accounting companies. They're the biggest accounting companies in the world, and they're supposed to be honest. And that's why they're accountants. That you hire an yeah. accountant to be honest, to to go over your books and prove that you're honest. Okay. Well, my accountant is very honest, and he will say something like, "I said, I said, can't I write off dog food if the dog is securing my place?" He goes, "You could." He said, "If you want to start throwing up flags, he says people that do that, he says they usually get 